Welcome to the Moonlight of Emuna, Parshas Kairach. This week's learning should be as chus for a full shleim for Chanamash Bas Vilcharatz Bas Rachel Shmuel Shnei Zalmi Rechavachav Menachem Mordechai Ben Ophirachai Bas Tova Frayim Ben Yaffa Mikhaim Ben Sar Ruchama Paramalka Leah Bas Chana Saral and Lunishmas Henya Bas Yechiel Mechol. So this week's parsha, again, as we mentioned last week, it's a very disturbing uh, chapter in Jewish history: the rebellion of Kairach and 250 leaders of the Jewish people, people who were worthy of being uh, on the Sanhedrin. These were these were these were large people. These were great people people that uh, that made this mistake and uh and on their level, you know, we, 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 we've spoken about Kairach before. Kairach was a, a great person at some point, to the point that Chazal say that when Mashiach comes, he'll be Kain Gadol. So we have to understand a little bit about what was Kairach's mistake and what do we need to learn from that. Rashi says on the words Vayikach Kairach. It says in the pasuk Vayikach Kairach ben Yitzchak ben Kos ben Levi v'Dasan v'Avir ben ben Eliyahu v'Ein ben Pelis ben Eruven. That's the opening pasuk. Rashi says on Vayikach Kairach. Kairach took means that he took himself to one side. Lokaches atzmei letzad echod liyos nechlak mitoich eida lo ira lakuhuna. He was trying to disparage the kuhuna. He was trying to fight with Aaron. He took himself to the other side. And we know that the Mishnah in Perkei Avos in Perkei famously tells us that if you want to know what the prototype of a machloik is, shaloi l'shem shemayim, a machloik is that is not for the sake of heaven, it is the machlekes of Kirach and his and his congregation. That is the prototype. That's the 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 prime example of a machlokis of a of discord of a fight that's not that that's personal in interest. So how do we understand how these great people, how someone like Kirach, who was such a great person, was able to to uh, to fall so so hard. So the Gemara tells us the Gemara Psachim Dafkuf Kufyud test tells us. Uh, the Gemara says Amram Rabbi Chama Bar Chanina Shalish Matmanias hit Ben Yosef Mitzrayim. When Yosef when when Yosef was selling food in Mitzrayim, all of the world's wealth came down to Mitzrayim because the whole world had a famine and they all brought their money and Yosef gathered all the wealth in the world and Yo- and and the Gemara tells us that Yosef divided it up into three and he put he put he hid them into he hit each of the three. Achas Nesgal and one of them was revealed to Kairach. Kairach was part of the, was uh, amongst the people who left Mitzrayim. He found one of them. Vachas Nesgala Antoninus ben ben Asvirus, that uh, Antoninus, the famous friend of Rebbe, the Roman emperor, uh, found one. Vachas Gnuzel Tzadikim Lasloven. And one is found is left hidden for the Tzadikim in the next world. Uh, then the Gemara goes on to quote a pasuk, a, a pasuk from Kehelas. Oisher Shomer Labalav Loreyasei, riches kept by his owner to his hurt. That's a pasuk in Kelis and says Amarish Lakish Zu Ashrei Shel Kairach. This is the wealth of of Kairach. This is the wealth of Kairach. That Kairach's wealth caused him to caused him to, to, to his own downfall, caused evil, caused hurt for him. Uh, and then the Gemara brings another pasuk to further this point and it says the pasuk is Eskol Hayukum Asher Bragleim. It's a pasuk in in. Uh, in Parshas, in Parshas Akev, when it's referring to this story, it says, Remember what Hashem did to the children of Aliyah, Ben Ruben, Asher Potzar, says Pia, that the mouth, earth opened its mouth, and it swallowed their houses and their tents, and, and all the fortunes at their feet, in front of, it, right in the midst of all the, all the people. And Rabbi Lazar says on this, Rabbi Lazar, this is the money of a person, that stands him on his feet. 
And then Reb Levi says, Amr Reb Levi, Masoy Sholosh Meis Prodish Levanos Hayim Avtechas Beisknazav Shalkarech. It took three hundred strong white mules to carry just the keys to the treasuries of Kairach Vakulu Aklide Uklipe de Gilda, and they were all keys and locks made out of leather. I mean, they were light, and yet it still took so many, so many uh, donkeys, so many white uh, mules to to carry them. So, what is the Gemara telling us here? That Kairach was so fabulously wealthy. So the Rashbam on that Gemara in Pesachim says on the word this was the wealth of money because he was so wealthy he became haughty he became arrogant and he was removed from the world he was he was uh, taken out of the world he was Nitrad is like a, a language of being Torud of being but he was he was preoccupied and he was taken out of the world. And the Marsha in Sanhedrin says that because of his wealth, because he was so wealthy, he was he was jealous and he wanted to be at the level of Moshe and Aaron and, and Aaron's sons. He wanted to be the Kohen Gadol. We know that was that was Kairach's claim that he wanted to be the Kohen Gadol. So what's clear from the Gemara and the way it's interpreted by the, by, by the Mepharshim is that Kairach's downfall came because he was so fabulously wealthy. This tremendous wealth that he found from Yosef, that, that, that's what made him arrogant, and therefore he was... He was jealous of the of the of the greatness of Moshe and Aaron, and therefore he wanted the 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 kahuna, and this is what ultimately brought his downfall. And the question is, why da, why specifically his wealth? Why is it? Why do we blame him on his wealth? Why can't we just say that Kairach was a was a jealous person? He didn't like that his two first cousins, Moshe and Aaron, were getting all this glory. What's the difference? How wealthy he was? Why is his wealth? The Gemara seems to put such such a such a, a dugesh, such an important point on the fact that he was so wealthy, and that this great wealth is what led him to this. So I saw in the in the Parsha Gilya in uh, Teiris Habitachan, he has a, a beautiful idea. The Pasuk from Kehelis that the Gemara quoted, Yesh Reisi Tachas Hashem, I didn't quote the whole Pasuk before, it says, there's a grave evil that I observed under the, fa- under the sun, Oisher Shamar Labailov, riches hoarded or watched by their owner, the Ra'asa is for his misfortune. And the question is, what is the connection between wealth? Why is wealth that's, that, that the, the owner holds on to so negative and can bring to this? So, so we, to, to, the, to understand that, he quotes the Gemara Numa. The Gemara Numa tells us that... Um, that they, the Talmidim asked Rabbi Shimon Yechai, they asked Rashbi, why is it that Mun only fell for the Jewish people? Uh, why did why did the Mun fall for the Jewish people every day? Why couldn't Hashem just give them Mun one time a year? Let let it fall, you know, Rosh Hashanah, or any time during the year, or Erev Pesach, or after Pesach, whatever, and let them let them uh, have their money for the year, let them have their food for the year. Why did it have to fall every day? So Shimon Yechai answers them. This is the Gemara Newman Dav Ayin Vav. Says to them, I'll give you a mushal. He says, you have a king. A human king, and he has an only child, and he gives that child a, an allowance for the year, right? He gives him a, a beautiful allowance for the year. Once a year, he gives him he gives him that money. So the son only comes to visit his father once a year. Why? Because he 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 needs his father for the allowance. So he comes to visit his father to get the allowance. So what does the uh, the father do? He says, from now on, I'm breaking your allowance into 365 parts, and you have to come get every day. And this way, the son comes to visit the father every day. So he says the same is true. Says Rabbi Shimon the same is true. Um, uh, about the Jewish people with Hashem. If Hashem gave us the mun in the beginning of the year, so people would be very happy with that. But now, what did Hashem do? He gave the mun every day. So you have a person who has a, 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 some, a few children, and he's nervous. He says, what am I going to do? Maybe the mun won't fall tomorrow, and my children are going are gonna to starve to death. I don't have... We're in the middle of the Midbar. There was no alternative uh, sources of food. So this, this way, everybody was constantly thinking about Hashem, talking to Hashem, davening to Hashem. And therefore... 
Hashem wanted this. What Hashem wants? What does Hashem want from from every Jew? He wants a relationship. So therefore, some, Hashem holds back the man. You get it on a daily basis. This way, we constantly talk to Him. We constantly come to Him. We constantly uh, are, are are involved with Hashem. So what is what do we learn from this? Rabbi Shimon Bar teaches us that the reason, the whole reason for the man falling every day is because Hashem wants to talk to us. He wants to hear from us. So. Hashem wants the Jewish people constantly to talk to him. And if it would only come down once a year, we wouldn't, we wouldn't. There are a person that knows that he has money in his bank account, when he knows that he has what he needs, he doesn't come talk to Hashem all the time. We know that when the Nachash convinced Adam and Chava to eat from the tree, so we know that the Nachash, Adam and Chava were punished. And one of the punishments of the, of the Nachash was that wherever he goes, he's going to have his food with him, right? This is the Gemara in Yuma, actually, one daf earlier than the other Gemara that we said, right? That that uh, a person, a person, uh, every animal has to find its food, but the Nachash has its food everywhere we want, uh, everywhere it wants, wherever it wants. The Nachash eats dirt, that's what the Torah tells us. The Nachash's punishment was that he eats dirt. His food is always with him. He goes up to the roof, his food is there. If he goes down to to the ground, his food is there. The Chedusha Rim asked on this question, how is that a curse? That seems to be amazing. Imagine a person always has his Parnassah with him. He never has to do anything for, for his uh, for his Parnassah. So, so the Chedusha Rim famously explains, he says, no, that's the worst kind of curse. You know what Hashem was telling the Nachash? I don't, you have your food. I don't want to hear from you. I don't want to be part of your life. I don't want you to come. Every other creature is going to have to think about me once in a while. going to have to connect to me. I don't want to know from you. You have your food. You'll always have your food. Leave me alone. Stay away from me. That's the worst kind of curse. When Hashem says, I want nothing to do with you. So the Nachash, Hashem curses the Nachash and says, you always have your food with you. Leave me alone. You never have any reason to turn to me. We even have psukim and tilim of other animals asking for their food, right? We have in in, in tilim parakuf dalid pasukhaf aleph. It says hakfirim shagim l'tarif levakish mekel achlam. The lions roar for their prey, seeking their food from Hashem. Or in Kapitel Kuf, uh, Kuf Mem Zayin that we say every morning is part of Pesukah de Zimra. Hashem says, nois, we say in the, Adon HaMelech says until him, Noisen Lebehem Alachma, Hashem gives food to the animals, to the ravens, children, that they cry for. Meaning they're asking, they all have to talk to Hashem, maybe not as much as we do, but they all have to talk to Hashem. But when it comes to the Nachash, Hashem doesn't want to hear from him, and therefore gives him his food without any kind of effort on its part. Therefore what the Chedusha Rim is telling us is that we sometimes think that a person who has all of his Parnassah, that a bracha and somebody who doesn't, it's not. That's not true. The, a bracha is that this is what Rabbi Shem Bar Yechai was explaining to his Talmidim. Uh, a father who wants to, who's better off? The king, let's say the king has two sons. One, the father gives him his, his allowance for the year and says, Don't bother me for a year. Or the one who the father says, I want to sit with you every morning and have breakfast and I'll give you your allowance. So it might seem like more of a more of a nuisance for the other son to come visit, but clearly he has a relationship with his father. His father wants to see him. His father cares about his relationship. That that is the relationship a person has when he has to daven to Hashem, and that's why sometimes Hashem brings things in our lives that require us to daven, so that we call, we speak to Him, that we come talk to Him. Hashem loves us, and He wants us in His lo- He wants Him. He wants to be in our lives. And this is why wealth, great wealth, can be, a t- can be a terrible challenge. Not that it always has to be. A person can keep the right perspective. But with great wealth, very often comes a person feeling a certain arrogance. I don't need anybody else. I know I have plenty of money, right? You hear people, oh, he made so much money, his great-grandchildren will never have to worry about, about earning a living, right? But, but if, if a person thinks that way and doesn't still realize that he needs Hashem in his life, that could be very dangerous. And this, that's what happens on, to, that's what happened to Kairach on his level. Kairach didn't feel that need to, for Hashem constantly in his life. 
he became complacent. He relied on himself. And, and he thinks that nobody could ever take my money away from me. I have all these white mules that are carrying the keys and everything is, is taken. He forgot the lesson that Chazal say in the Gemara Yuma, Dalflamet Aleph, that says, Everything that a person has is exactly what he's supposed to have at that moment. And nobody could take anything away from us unless it was meant for it to be taken away from us. And if we have something, that means Hashem has gave it to us. And therefore, even if we have a lot, and Baruch Hashem, Jews should have plenty of money. We shouldn't have to worry about Parnassah and paying the bills. But that's okay if it comes with the reminder and we, and we constantly are aware of the fact that it's coming from Hashem. Not to rest on our own, our own laurels and say, oh, I'm so successful, I'm so wonderful, I don't have to worry. No, you don't have to worry because Hashem gave you that position in life. And therefore, I have to look at that, that, that wealth as an obligation. What does Hashem want from me? Hashem gave me a certain, a certain benefit that maybe other people don't have. What, what am I obligated to do with that? with that position that I'm in right now. Not that I could forget about Hashem. And therefore the progression that Kirach followed made it was a mistake that he it, he took it and he it became arrogant and then he became jealous of Moshe and Aaron. He should have said, look at this great wealth Hashem gave me. I could be the biggest, I could be the biggest Askin in Klai Yisrael. Moshe and Aaron have their role. I can't touch their role and they can't touch my role. My role is Hashem gave me this wealth to be able to do some great things. I should be able to run soup kitchens and I should be able, okay, they didn't need soup kitchens, they had the mun. But whatever it was that was needed by Jews in, in the Midbar or maybe planned for when we come into Eretz Yisrael. I'm going to build all the hospitals around Eretz Yisrael. There were many things that Kirk could have done with this unique position that Hashem gave him. But he got caught up in thinking he didn't need Hashem. He forgot about Hashem. That led him to arrogance. That led him to be jealous of Mishar instead of realizing the gifts and the great benefits that Hashem gave him in his life. That's why Rabbeinu Bechaya points out that the reason that the the first of the Aseris HaTibris is Anoichi Hashem Alekecha I am Hashem your God. The last one is Leisachmad You shouldn't be jealous. You shouldn't covet what somebody else has. Why is that the first and the end? He says because they're really two sides of the same coin. Right? That in order to be able to keep uh, keep if somebody's able to keep Leisachmad he's not jealous of anybody else. In order to not be jealous of anybody else not to want something that somebody else has you have to be very firm in your understanding that everything that Hashem gives you is exactly what you're supposed to have and what He gives your neighbor is exactly what they're supposed to have and therefore it's silly to be jealous it's silly to covet because you have exactly what's best for you and you you have no shaykhs to your neighbor's thing if you fully have that the the Aser Sedibras comes back full circle to the Anoichi Hashem Lekecha that shows that you've incorporated the Anoichi Hashem Lekecha into your life but if you're but if you're lacking in that that means you still have a problem with the Anoichi that's why it begins and ends with the same topic these two midas are an outgrowth of a lack of, of, of recognizing Hashem. Gaiva, feeling arrogant, right? The Gemara says that somebody who has Gaiva, the Gemara in Saita says, is like he served the Kachavim, and like, it's, like he, it's like he doesn't believe in God. Because how could you be arrogant when you know that everything was given to you, God? You're going to sit there, by God, you're going to sit there and say, I'm so great, I made this money. You didn't make this money. Hashem gave you this money. You're not so, you think you're, so, you're smarter than everybody else. Hashem gave you those smarts. If a person recognized that he can't come to Gaiva and he can't come to Kina, he can't come to arrogance, he can't come to jealousy. Because he recognizes that everything's from Hashem. Those were the mistakes that Karech did. Because of his wealth, his wealth led him to that. His wealth led him to the, to the forgetting Hashem, to becoming arrogant, and to, and to becoming jealous. So if a person's emunah and betachin Hashem is not strong enough, so then that's what the Pasuk in, 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 in Kahela says.
I saw a terrible evil, evil riches hoarded by their owner to his misfortune meaning if a person doesn't have the right attitude of course a person can be wealthy and serve Hashem yeah we have, we've had many tzaddikim throughout the years that have been wealthy but they used it to serve Hashem they never forgot about Hashem that's the lesson from Kairach with whatever Hashem gives us whether it's a challenge or it's something great we have to remember where it's coming from and what does Hashem want from us with that that's always what we have to be thinking about and that was Kairach's mistake on his level, but that was Kerik's mistake. He forgot that. He thought that the wealth itself was was independent of Hashem, and that's what made him be able to challenge Moshe. We always wonder. He saw all these miracles. He saw how great Moshe was. He knew Moshe. He grew up with Moshe. They were first cousins. Their fathers were brothers. How did he for, how did he forget who Moshe was? The answer is that his he, his his wealth, because he forgot where it came from, that leads him to the, the person who has the wealth it being a source of his downfall. And that's why in the Parsha, just one more minute to finish up, uh, in Perak Tezayin, Pasuk Lamed, Moshe asks for a very strange request, and, and all the Mepharshim deal with this. It says, Moshe says, if Hashem will create a phenomenon, a new phenomenon, and the ground will open its mouth and swallow them, and all that is theirs, so then you'll know that uh, you'll know that these people, right, he says, uh, that they started up with Hashem. And the question all the Mepharshim ask is, why did Moshe ask Hashem to create some new phenomenon. Why? There's a lot of ways he could have killed Kairach. Why does he need this new phenomenon? So he says because Kairach was denying Hashem. He was basically denying the existence of Hashem. He was telling the people that Hashem doesn't exist. Moshe says, I want to prove to you who's the only, the only way I could create something brand new that's never been in creation before has to be Hashem. That I, I'm going to prove it to you that Hashem exists, that this is all Hashem. This is the message that you, Kairach, forgot. That it's all Hashem. And Hashem, just like Hashem gave you wealth, He could take it away. And just like Hashem could create that the, the earth opens up its mouth and swallows you, you, this is Hashem. You have to know that everything comes from Hashem. That's the lesson that the Jewish people needed to know. So the two lessons we need to take out of Kairach is, number one, we have to remember that everything comes from Hashem. No matter how good or bad we're having at any given moment, that comes from Hashem. And the only way to keep the good or to keep away the bad or to change something is to turn to Hashem. And Hashem wants us to do that, not because He's, he's, he's chas v'sholem, me, being mean to us, but He loves us and He wants a relationship with us. And number two is that we have to work always on our Muna and Betachan, because sometimes difficult times can be a challenge to Muna Betachan, because we want to know why, why would this be happening to me if Hashem loves me, but also sometimes good things in our lives, right? And a person has to stop and thank Hashem for those things and appreciate that, that, that Hashem gave it to him and to understand that it all comes from there and not to credit anybody else, not himself, not other people. We have to remember that ultimately, yeah, we, we have to show Hakar Satev if somebody did something good for us, somebody gave us a job, somebody helped us out in business, but we have to remember ultimately where it comes from. And if we constantly remind ourselves of that and we constantly talk to Hashem, then Hashem will only give us good in our lives and we'll appreciate it and we'll be able to use that good and that wealth and whatever other things that we have in our lives only to serve Hashem better and never have to be faced with these challenges uh, of Kairach and, and his Ada. And not to make the mistake that these great people made, uh, we, sh- we, we need to be very careful with that. So I wish you all a wonderful Shabbos filled with a relationship with Hashem and all the wealth and all the good in the world. Have a great Shabbos.